Well, Dr. Marshall Fieldstone, I think that's hard to imagine. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed every morning. Breathe in and out all, all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in, in the morning and breathe in and out. And, and then after a while, I, I won't have to think about how I had it great and perfect for a while. Sam, tell me what was so special about your wife. Well, how long is your program? Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to Podstalgic, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, doing another old movie. And joining me on this review is Hannah from the film. I'm sorry, the, it's not the film. It's Film Roast. How are you doing, Hannah? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. No, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Um, you know, another thing with like the the titles, like I try to throw in the in your title, but. Uh, I also never know which shows should I say like podcasts at the end of. You know what I mean? Like yeah, oh, I've been totally. a guest. Yeah, I, I've been uh, a guest on like other shows before, and like people have been like, "Oh, uh, the Podstalgic Podcast." I go, "Well, it, it's not Podstalgic Podcast. That's, <laughs> that's the point of calling it Podstalgic." Right. <laughs> you know, so um, so there we go. Film roast. The yeah. podcast, I guess. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's like you space like that? balls. It, it, exactly. That's actually where my mind went, uh, really. <laughs> but for those that uh, haven't heard of your show, uh, you and your co-host Julia, um, can you talk a little bit, a little bit about what you guys do? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so we are the co-hosts of Film Roast, and I should mention as well, Julia. Is really sad she can't be here. Um, she is actually getting married in a couple weeks, so she's kind of running around doing doing all the wedding planning and all that good stuff. So she said to send her regards um, to you and and to thank you for for having us on. But Film Roast is essentially we we market ourselves as underqualified and overcaffeinated. Uh, we talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of all things movies. And we do it while consuming a lot of caffeine. Um, so we kind of just talk about goofy things like our favorite Disney movies or the most terrifying childhood scenes. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. It really is a lot of fun. Uh, there was one day I binged uh, a few episodes while I was working, so <laughs> I had a good time. Um, right on. <laughs> yeah, the, the the one that stuck out so far was, uh, you know, your Disney one that you kind of just mentioned, and I felt there might have been a little bit of a generational uh, gap where um, mm -hmm. uh, there was something that you said. I'm like, okay, that's because they're a little bit younger than me. Uh, oh, Incredibles! I don't remember which uh, which of you had it as underrated. I don't feel uh, Incredibles is actually underrated. I, I feel the reason that people don't talk about it enough is because uh, maybe they've been like really anticipating the sequel that's been like years in the making. Sure, you know it's probably what it is. But um, I definitely agree with like the Hercules um, being underrated. Definitely Emperor's New Groove. Uh, totally love that movie um definitely yeah so i don't want to spoil any more of it i definitely encourage listeners to go check that out uh so we are here to talk about 
um, a Nora Ephron uh Classic, I guess we can call it. Uh, oh, this yeah. is Sleepless in Seattle, which came out June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Um, I don't know exactly how old you are. I know you're, you know, what early mid twenties ish. Yep, I was um, all of two when this movie came out. Ah, so you're like my sister's age, <laughs> and uh, so when this when this movie came out, the number one song at the time was Janet Jackson's "That's the Way Love Goes." Love me some Janet. Yeah, it's a great song. It was like number one for weeks. Uh, Nineteen ninety three was actually a very uh, great year for a lot of like R and B and pop songs as well. A um, couple uh, other movies that came out the same week as Sleepless in Seattle: Dennis the Menace. Nice. Did you ever watch that one? Oh yeah, I used to watch that all the time. Yeah, the the image that is like imprinted in my brain is Mr. Wilson with the the chiclets for uh, his two front teeth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That is classic and just how he says Mr. Hey Mr. Wilson is just like constantly that's it all was, I think it about. It was a very good movie. casting. It was good casting. <laughs> I, I wonder what he's oh, yeah. uh, what that kid's up to now. Um House of Cards was the third movie that was released that same weekend. It didn't even make a million dollars, unfortunately. And it's got like Tommy Lee Jones and uh Kathleen mm-hmm. Turner. So not a movie I heard of. All right. So <laughs> so that's it. That's a look back at uh when this movie was released. So Sleepless in Seattle, a little inside baseball here. Both you and you and I are from the Pacific Northwest. Yes, most yeah. beautiful part of the U.S., in my opinion. Yeah, and d- despite what Dennis Reed says in this movie, it doesn't rain nine months of the year. I mean, it's like right. it's like <laughs> almost ten. Um, no, uh, <laughs> kidding aside, I mean, honestly, it was raining today in Portland. But, you know, we have, I, I think it's a little bit drier than, than people think. Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. You know, whatevs. I'd have to agree. Yeah. And I, I think the summers are, like, impossible to beat just because... All the greenery is super green. The the sun shining off the Puget Sound. I mean, like it's something you can't beat, and it's seventy five every day, so it's perfect. Yeah, that's great weather, and you know, right off the coast there, you get that really cool breeze. Um, even in Portland, you know, we're not too far from the beach as well. You know, we got Astoria, which is a couple hours away, uh, Lincoln City, and all, all these other great places to visit. So Portland's kind of kind of up and coming, really. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, but yeah, being both of us being from the Pacific Northwest, we kind of uh, I didn't, I don't think we really kicked around any ideas, but I just kind of went with like, what about sleepless in Seattle? Because like the title alone had a city from the Pacific Northwest, and you're like, oh, I love that mm-hmm. movie. So so here we are but is the what what is your history with this movie oh man well I, I think it was like one of the first romantic comedies I had experienced growing up and you know growing up in that era of the 90s it's just such a good time for movies and I I loved this romantic comedy specifically because it did rely a lot on the comedy like, I think this movie actually stands on its own as a comedy, but something else that I love about it is just that it's not really the typical rom-com that we see now, where it's kind of guy meets girl, they fall for each other, they get mad at each other, they find their way back. 
Um, it's kind of just it turns that on its head, which is why I think it's so fun to watch. Yeah, for me, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Really? Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. Yeah. So I was 10 years old when this movie came out. Um, I'm not going to really quite do the math. I want to say I was in second grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's right, I don't know. But anyway, I was young. So I didn't watch this live. Um, I, I'm the oldest in my family, so I didn't have any siblings to watch this with. I, I am a big Tom Hanks fan, but I don't know why this isn't one that I saw. You know, I did watch Splash and Big, you know, mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But this one um, is just one that I kind of missed. So that's what I do like about doing this podcast is going back and checking out movies that, uh, you know, that I missed. So this is definitely one of them. Um, so I mentioned Nora Ephron, uh, Ephron uh, wrote and directed this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. There was also um, written by Jeff Arch and David S. Ward as well. Uh, but the movie stars Tom Hanks as uh, Sam, Meg Ryan as Annie, uh, Ross Malinger as Jonah, which is uh, Sam's son. And we got um, Rosie O'Donnell in here as Becky. She is Meg Ryan's uh friend uh probably mm-hmm. best friend and co-worker uh, do, do you get the sense like it, they are co-workers right is she's not like her boss or anything yeah no i think they're just good friends work friends okay all right because there, there's a scene you know which i'm we we may or may not get to that kind of made me question like is she like the boss because it sounded like she was asking uh becky for permission to mm-hmm. you know make a right. trip yeah so uh rob reiner has a smaller role as jay which is tom hanks friend in here and oh yeah bill pullman how can i forget bill pullman uh plays yeah. walter uh we, we speak of spa- speaking of space balls right there lone star uh, <laughs> is in this movie playing walter um annie's uh fiance and why not gabby hoffman as jessica who is uh mm-hmm. jonah's mm-hmm. friend uh, little friend play date uh, whatever you want to call her uh, I, I think we'll just keep it uh, to that, and if anybody else we bring up along the way, we'll you know mention who they are. Um, little refresher on this movie for those that uh, have not seen it in a while. Pretty simple, really. Uh, man and son loses their mom slash wife, and decides to relocate. One night, son decides to call a radio show. It's like, hey, hook my dad up with a new wife. And the entire movie, this uh, woman is like going, you know, trying to meet him (laughs) and chaos and not quite ensues, but craziness ensues. I I, I don't know. (laughs) In light on the word, too. But kind of what you said uh, earlier when I asked you about your um, uh, history with this movie, you mentioned not in these exact words, but like tonally, like this isn't your typical rom-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very mm-hmm. formulaic, I don't think, but it is predictable, you know, which, I, you know, a lot of rom-coms sure. are, a lot of them have happy endings, but um, this does kind of, you know, keep you guessing in some points. But what I love about it is because it doesn't play like a straight rom-com. So there are moments of like, um, you know, of some levity, some comedy where it doesn't play for like cheap laughs or anything like that. Like the first mm-hmm. thing that I want to point out was like uh, in the airport scene where Jonah and Sam are seeing Victoria off. And then mm-hmm. Jonah makes this face and 
I was thinking like, wow, it was played so subtle. Like, I don't think we were really supposed to laugh. It's just Jonah being an eight-year-old, right? Right. Like, you take a, a movie like Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin would play that completely different, and then you'd, you'd get something different from that scene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in totally. A, yeah, so in this comedy romance, it's just... The, uh, there's a lot of uh, dramatic scenes, uh, mostly involving uh, Sam and Jonah, which I you know completely love. Um, but then you got even Rosie O'Donnell, who is a comedian. You know she plays it very subtle and uh, kind of light in this movie as well. She's not like all over the place. She's not trying to yep. steal the scene. So uh, so I definitely love it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's kind of go ahead and jump into the movie here. So. Off the bat, uh, we got a scene that took me straight to like Forrest Gump, and I'm like, "Oh, Forrest is like standing <laughs> above Jenny's grave, you know, with with his son." But um, why do you think uh, they started out the movie this way? Because I I don't feel like they were trying to set the tone because there is some comedy in here too. Right, right. I mean, I think the one thing that differentiates this from most rom coms is just the fact that obviously it's a little bit out of the ordinary, the, the plot, but I think they really do kind of stick to a reality within the dialogue. And I, I love the conversations that Jonah and his, his dad have, because I, I think they're really just trying to establish that relationship. Um, and something I love about the movie is that Jonah is actually the one that's, like, making all the effort to get his dad to date somebody. And usually yeah. it's the other way around in the movie. You have, you know, these these parents who have lost somebody and they're trying to move on and the kids are jealous or angry or upset. And and so Jonah's the one that's, like, taking all the action, calling Dr. Marsha, I think is her name. And and um, I think just establishing that relationship early on is is important. Yeah. I um I do like how we you know get the you know it's just a very touching scene obviously they're kind of mourning the the, the loss of the mm-hmm. the wife and mom here and it kind of struck a chord with me just because like um you know I do I do have kids of my own but my oldest um sure. his mom has been pretty much absent from his uh for for most of his life so uh so I I had him like most of um his early Early times with me, you know, uh, my, sure. my the woman who is my wife now, I've been with for 15 years, but he was one and a half when her and I started dating. So for a while, it was just me and him, too. I was, a, mm-hmm. you know, I was a teenage father. And so I kind of went through this where I was just like, well, I'm I'm so young. Who's going to want to hook up with me? And I have a kid, <laughs> you know, <Right>. so. <laughs> so I wasn't quite in the exact same boat as Sam here, but I can empathize what he's going through i guess and i don't know i so so i kind of remember like the the couple of girls that i did date uh prior to um kind of meeting my wife so so it was really interesting to kind of see like the 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 scene where sam is like getting ready to call victoria i thought that was a really great scene um some some nice physical comedy from from tom hanks uh but we do get to meet annie annie reed who is a reporter yeah, something of that nature. Yeah, so she writes. We know that much. Uh, well, I'm sure other people know more. But uh, what I get, she is a writer. And she is uh, engaged to a Walter. And so we got this scene where um, they're going to go meet her family for Christmas Eve, was it? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was Christmas Eve, and they're like kind of going over、uh, the different family members and the little tidbits about them. I did find it a little odd that he's just now meeting them just to announce that they're getting、right. engaged, <laughs> which is fine. But I love her family. Very funny scene. But、uh, what do you think about Walter? Walter. Well, I think I think they did a really good job of. In no way was he vilified.、Um, you know, he's just a good person. But he's just. It happens in life. Sometimes you meet people and you think they're the one, and then you meet someone else, and you're like, "This is way. My life is way more enriched now." And it's nothing against. Bill Pullman's character,、um, and his weird—what does he have? Sleep apnea or something? Where he has that huge—he's got allergies and <laughs> yeah, he's, pretty much sleeps with pretty... like a like a like a tissue in his nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.、Um, but yeah, I think he's great. I I love his character, and I, you know, I think that whole dynamic of kind of letting each other go so easily was probably played down a bit just because it is such a light movie but、um, yeah I enjoyed it a lot yeah I I felt really bad for the guy I mean I was like what、mm-hmm. is this movie trying to tell us like it, it, it's okay <laughs>、right. to be kind of shallow just because this person's got、totally. like all the allergies in the world、um, but but it is funny that they also kind of gave him like this、uh, This guy who just has a poor delivery in jokes, but I mean the, the jokes are bad themselves. But even his delivery、right. is even worse, you know. Like、right. the,、um, <laughs> so, like during the dinner, he he tells that joke that's a reference to the the, the baseball joke or whatever,、um, where the the family got、oh. a good kick of that. Which, by、mm-hmm. the way, Harold, right? Harold, who's、uh, allergic to bees, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Right. <laughs> They wanted to remind us how, yeah, like. Don't forget about Harold. He's allergic to bees, you know. So I, I kind of <laughs> like that. I thought that was pretty funny. There's a lot of like pretty, pretty funny scenes in this movie, which is just, I, I, I think my favorite one is is when they're、um, at the table. And actually, we didn't mention Rita Wilson and、uh, Victor Garber, who are kind、oh, right. of. I think his. I think Rita Wilson plays his like sister. Possibly. I got this. Yeah, like either sister or sister-in-law, because like yeah, because he、um, Jonah never calls her like auntie or anything like that. But、uh, I feel like she's definitely related to them in some capacity. Yeah,、uh, yeah. And since you brought up Victor Garber, just throw this out. Recently, you listened to my Titanic episode. I did.、Uh, It played, was great. Oh gosh, I forgot his name already.、Uh, Mr. Andrews, you know who designed、mm-hmm. the、uh, the the ship Titanic. So there we go. We got.、Um, Not quite back-to-back movies, but it, at least in the same month, I, I think.、Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six、so. Degrees of Victor Garber. Victor Garber, there we go, and yeah, Rita Wilson, <laughs> Mrs. Hanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and、um, I love the scene particularly. There, those three are at the table, and and she's talking about the movie An Affair to Remember, and she's kind of tearing up and and getting really emotional, and and they're like, that's just a chick movie, like. Although I cried at the end of The Dirty Dozen. Well, who did? Because Jim Brown was throwing these hand grenades down these air air shafts, and Richard Jekyll and Lee Marvin were sitting on top of this armored、oh. personnel carrier that dressed up like Nazis. Oh my God! Trini Lopez. Trini Lopez. <laughs> He busted his neck when they were parachuting down behind the Nazi lines. Stop it! Richard Jekyll at the beginning he had on his shiny helmet because he was the MP. Please no more. Oh, oh God! I love that movie. It's so good. 
it was it was pretty great. I laughed hysterically during that scene. Uh, apparently, the Dirty Dozen part was actually improvised. Um, what I read from that was that uh, like Sam was actually doing that, you know, kind of mocking the uh, Rita Wilson's character. Her name Susie. So I felt like he was doing that to mock her. But I feel that Greg was like legit crying. Right. Um, yeah. So I so I thought that was pretty funny. I laughed out loud. Uh, pretty oh, hard actually. But um, not only is like the, the just the writing like there's a lot of funny scenes that you already mentioned, but there there's a lot of great quotes in this movie. You know, like when you ask yeah. ask somebody like you know most quotable movies, n- nobody ever mentions like Sleep, Sleepless in Seattle. Right. But watching the movie, I was like, that's a very good line. Oh, that's a very good line, too. So yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. So um, kind of spoiling how I may feel about this movie, but I did watch it twice for this review. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I kind of enjoyed it that much. I had a lot of fun watching this, but uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of very good lines. And I'm actually, mm-hmm. um, I love Mick Ryan. You know, one of my first movies with her was Inner Space, which I actually covered with my son uh, early early on when it was a father and son podcast. So, nice. yeah, that came out in like 87. So just, what, six years before uh, Sleepless in Seattle. And I was trying to mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've done a Tom Hanks movie yet, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. All right, I, I, I mean, I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and look because I think this this is going to be like episode one forty seven. So it uh, like oh, off wow. the top, I can't even think of how many episodes uh, or uh, any of the Tom Hanks movies uh, I've done. But I yeah. think this might be the first one. Um, well, you picked a good one because he's definitely. I mean, Tom Hanks obviously has an illustrious career, but this time from like ninety two to ninety five, he busted out some amazing movies. I mean, he had Forrest Gump. Before Sleepless in Seattle, he did A League of Their Own, which is another one of my favorite movies. And Same then he year, did Toy I think, Story. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, he was like really in his prime here. He really was. Um, the first time I seen him was on a movie called Dragnet, which was based on like an older television show. And it was him and uh, Dan Aykroyd. So I knew him at this as this kind of maniacal like comedian actor. Like mm-hmm. the, the, his character, Pep Strebeck from Dragnet, was like you don't see that type of Tom Hanks anymore, obviously. But um, that's just kind of like old vintage uh, Tom Hanks. But, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's talk about this phone call uh, that that kind of made like two thousand women try to call the radio yeah. station. <laughs> yeah. So Jonah calls and uh, you know Sam gets on the phone and he does humor the, the 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 doctor over the phone and he gets into this really great you know bit of uh, yeah I guess you can call it kind of like a, a pseudo monologue about his wife and I felt mm-hmm. that that was really important too. Um, Oh yeah, very, very. Because, because also, like while he's on the on, on the call with this doctor, Annie is in her car, you know, and she's listening to this. And um, I think it was important for us to kind of see her listening, I guess, to him, and also kind of like answering the questions being asked of him the same way, and yeah. you know, her kind of like talking to Jonah. So I th- I thought that was really cool. What you think about that scene? I love that scene. I I love his his um, little speech where she asks kind of what what do you do and he's like, well, I wake up every morning and um, 
specifically love when he's talking about his wife and and she she kind of asks about her and he says she made everything beautiful um i just think that's such a sweet line um and and you know it's it's ironic because he clearly doesn't want to be on that phone call but you almost feel a sense of therapy coming from him yeah as if like he doesn't want to be on it but it is helping him talk through these things and and then you get to see Meg Ryan's reaction that's that's clearly like I I kind of joined this radio station to make fun of it and listen to all these depressed people and now I'm kind of actually connecting with this person who's so open and honest and and it's a really great moment. It really is. Um the line that uh I, I wanted to give him daps for was when she asked him, like, Well, what is it you love about your wife? He's like, Well, how long is your show? Um, yeah. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> Oh Sam, you know, Smooth. I just wanted to give him a little little <laughs> cyber daps there. Uh yeah. definitely some brownie points. Um yeah, the the phone call was really nice and sweet too. Clearly he had been on the phone for a really long time because we get a, a bit of a um, kind of a, a jump and you can tell it's been a while because now Jonah's asleep on the bench that they're both sitting at. Mm-hmm. The phone um he was on the other line uh, which he had hung up. So he's definitely been talking to her for a while. Um yeah, it was nice because, like, I'm sure he had a lot to unload, you know, because other than Jay, I want to say, what's his friend? Yeah, Jay. Like, who else has he really talked to uh, about right. about his wife? So, uh, yeah, very right. therapeutical. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to throw the scene out because I'm a mailman, for those that don't know. Uh, so we got a scene with the mailman. Uh, you know, uh, Sam comes home, checks the mailbox. It's empty. The, but standing on the porch is Jonah and the mailman with, like, Loads and loads of mail. Right. <laughs> now, just because I, I, I work, I, I do that as a job, like, what's he doing standing there? Like, how long has he been standing there? That's <laughs> wasting money there. You got to be delivering mail. But um, right. that's kind of crazy. The audience has been won over by Tom Hanks and, and his phone mm-hmm. call. So have other women as well. I really dug this uh, the scene, you know, with Jonah opening up all types of different mail and uh, the little talk where... Sam's all like, oh, she looks like my third grade teacher. I hate my third grade teacher. That was all really cute. The one that kind of really stuck out was the sex talk. Like, so mm-hmm. it, was it, was this porn or was this like softcore? Because who who's this Jed guy that they never bring up again? Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I just thought it was a, a really interesting thing to kind of throw in there because like, obviously Sam reacts to it. But it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just a, it's fine. It's fine. But I was just like, <laughs> what are they watching? Because that doesn't sound like actual porn. You know what I mean? Um, right. Uh, some, something right. definitely steamy there. Um, the next scene that uh, I, I wanted to kind of briefly discuss, because I thought it was super hilarious, is when Annie goes to visit her brother Dennis at, at his work. Mm-hmm. And she's like there to kind of ask for like advice. He doesn't really give her a whole lot because yeah. like she keeps cutting him off. But um, I thought that was pretty funny too. But with, with the brother uh, who goes on to play, oh gosh, what yeah, is it? There's... Well, he was on Frasier. Uh, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, Hyde yeah, Pierce, which yeah. is which is like super funny because she's basically asking him for psychiat psychiatrist advice, and he ends up playing a psychiatrist who lives in Seattle on Frasier. So it's just a weird little connection there. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, yeah, I found that uh, interesting as well. I wonder if the actor just, like, stayed there 
Yeah. No, I think <laughs> it's just like, a big hmm, coincidence. I could do this. <laughs> so after the visit with Dennis, we got the scene with like um, Sam and Jay kind of walking around downtown uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, so that was nice to see. Um, obviously, I- I've been to a-, a lot of the different streets there. Sure. And my favorite line was the, the tiramisu. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I wonder how much of this was like improvised and how much of it was actually scripted, uh, because yeah, it is so funny. It's like very witty and uh, and and all that. But the tiramisu line was probably my favorite. I think one of my favorite lines is back when Jonah is opening all the letters and he, Tom Hanks is like, "Do you even know where Oklahoma is?" And Jonah's just like, "Somewhere in the middle." Like, he has no idea, but he kind of just throws that out there. I always makes me laugh pretty hard. Oh, well, the funny thing is, um, that was funny, but uh, I don't know, like a few, it was probably last summer, um, you know, we, we all went to the local uh, school that has a playground, and my daughter, who is now 15, the, there's a big old uh, map of the, the U.S., like, on the playground. You know, there are you know, each state is painted different colors. Mm-hmm. And I, I would point to a state and be like, what is this? And she would like, I don't know. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, how are you, how, how don't you know this? Like at the time right. I was like, you're in eighth grade. Like, how do you not know <laughs> what state is what? Um, the thing is like, she would be very close, but sometimes she would never quite get it. Like, uh, I sure. forgot which one I asked her, but there was one that was like, I was like, oh, my God, you, you like, need to know this. Like, it, it might have been Washington. I'm not positive. You know, like, some somewhere near, like, the Pacific oh, wow. Northwest. Yeah, if it wasn't <laughs> Washington, some somewhere near. I was like, what are the teachers, like, not teaching nowadays? I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. You really don't know now. <laughs> now, on the subject of maps, like, there's a lot of imagery of globes and mm-hmm. maps and stuff like that. What do you think that's about? I think it's just kind of saying, I mean, I think it's kind of setting up the the film a little bit, seeing as, you know, they're kind of in Chicago, and then they're in Washington, and then I think they filmed a little bit in Baltimore as well, and kind of just that idea that there's more to to you than just where you live, and things can happen outside of that space. Um yeah, I actually love the opening sequence with all of all of that imagery. I think it's great. Yeah, I think um, like the, uh, the the whole map of the U.S. comes up at least two more times. You know, where it just shows like you know the the, the travel, mm-hmm. you know, from state to state. So I do like that. Like, I don't read into a lot of symbolism, but I was thinking like maybe it's, it has something to do with like love knows no bounds. You know, sure. no, no matter the distance uh, of you know the of the one that you love. Um, I served in in Afghanistan. Uh, my wife had who was then just my girlfriend. She had a really hard time with me being gone. But again, sure. here we are, you know, 15 years uh, t- together. So that really spoke to me, too. Um, you know, th- this distance, like, was really not, you know, slowing Annie down. But let's talk about her <laughs> in- investigative work here. Uh, <laughs> l- little stalkerish, yeah? Oh, very much so, yeah. But you know what's funny about Annie is that she's really like a an early day... Facebook stalker because back in the day they didn't have the capability of that but now 
it would be completely normal for Annie to just jump on Sam's Instagram and and kind of stalk around his life and learn everything. So I mean, she was just ahead of the ahead of the times. Yeah, she started that trend. I am quite certain of that. Definitely.、Um, yeah, so that's exactly what she was doing. She was trying to find all the information on him.、Um, the thing is, like, I buy it though. Like for what、totally. she does, yeah. It,、mm-hmm. This this is this is a、uh, second nature to her, you know. This、right. investigative work. The thing that went a little, I don't even want to say too far because it makes sense. But hiring a private investigator, like、mm-hmm. he doesn't have an Instagram. She wants to see what he looks like, and、right. not just because like she is all about the looks. Like she she wants to go see him, so she wants to get an idea of what he looks like, so she can find him.、Exactly. But I mean, it doesn't help. I mean, it, it、right. helps if,、uh, or it doesn't hurt. That's what I was trying to say. It doesn't hurt if you can like get pictures of you know other things too. You know, to kind of help me out here. Yeah.、So. Oh, totally. And I, I totally agree. And I, I feel like if I were in that boat, I would do the exact same thing, and I would、yeah. not feel bad about it. I mean, you have this guy who lives across the country. I'm not gonna risk it. Plus, I mean, she's. She's already in a relationship at this point, so、right. she's got a lot on the line here. So I actually respect her for kind of <laughs> ch- checking all all of her boxes and making sure that that this is okay to do. Yeah, she's dotting her eyes and crossing her T's.、Mm-hmm. I mean, if she is like for sure gonna leave Walter, it's gotta be you know she's gotta be really for for certain you know about、yeah. all of this.、Um, So let's talk a little bit about、uh, Becky, Rosie O'Donnell's、uh, character, who again、mm-hmm. is、um, you know coworker slash best friend of Annie's.、Uh, I really like her because she's like the the audience, right? She's、uh, kind、right. of the voice of reason, saying everything that uh, uh, pretty much that we're thinking of. And yeah, I, I, again, I mentioned how like Rosie O'Donnell, she's not like.、Uh, Like super hilarious in this, which I I just love. Just her, you know, she's just a just a regular、totally. folk in this one. And there's that scene where Annie's like typing up the letter, and、um, like Becky is like feeding her all these ideas from watching an,、uh, an affair to remember. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.、Uh, so I like that too. Like、um, the first viewing, I didn't catch that. When Annie is like, "Oh yeah, you know," so I'll I'll be in New York with Walter, and then she's like, "Wait, I'll be in New York with Walter." She like crumbles up the paper and like throws it at Becky, and Becky like just like puts it <laughs> off to the side. So I didn't catch that for the catch that the first time, and that was another reason I wanted to watch it again because like later on when they mailed out the letter, all of that, I'm like, wait a minute, did I miss something? So,、mm-hmm. so that was really nice to see again.、Um, what do you think about their relationship, or do, do, you, do you have any、uh, favorite scenes with Becky? I mean, I I think they're great, and I think. I think Becky is the quintessential girlfriend. Just she's she's rock solid. She's just supportive but honest. And I do love when they are talking about、um, their coworker is speaking to some statistic about it's e- being it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than get married. <laughs> You know, over the age of forty, and Annie's like, "That's not true," and Becky's like, "That's not. That's not. It's not true, but it feels true." Right.、Um, so she just has these little like moments here and there that that are funny. But I definitely, she's just a good character because she's solid and she is honest, and that's kind of what 
somebody seemingly in this crazy position would need is somebody who's just going to be like, hey, this is crazy. I'll help you. But just so you know, <laughs> you're yeah. acting like a crazy person. Yeah. Like um, I love the one line where uh, they were over the phone. Uh, this is shortly after like um, Annie had gone to Seattle and like saw Jonah and Sam playing on the beach. But uh, they're on the phone and she says, is this weird? She goes, uh, no, that's what's crazy about it. You know, mm. that, uh, yeah, it's, it, I butchered the line, but it was a really great line. And the delivery from Rosie O'Donnell, I was really impressed, too. Um, not that I'm not a fan of Rosie O'Donnell, but, like, I don't have, like, any go-to movies. I know people love sure. her in A League of Their Own. And, I mean, the last thing I remember seeing her in was in Empire, which was a really, was it Empire or Orange is the New Black? I kind of forget now. I think it was Empire, which it was like... Yeah, it must have been Empire. Yeah, it was really interesting because it just came out of nowhere. Uh, I love me some Orange. Um, oh, so, me but, too. Yeah it, was, it was, yeah, it was probably Empire. But Rosie O'Donnell, I, I can't... I couldn't name like five movies that I love her in. You know what I sure. mean? Like she's she's a sure. great character actor and stuff and uh, super hilarious. But um, so when Andy does go to Seattle, I mentioned the scene where Jonah and... Uh, Sam are seeing Victoria off at the airport. And I love this too because, again, it's not played for comical. It's just straightforward father and son Mm -hmm. talking. And then Sam's like, look, nobody is, you know, and he doesn't say, he doesn't finish his line because, like, Annie walks through. Mm -hmm. What's the opposite of a boards? D board? Is that a word? (laughs) Yeah, I guess like D plane. D plane? (laughs) D plane. Yeah, there we go. We're making up words here. So when Annie deplanes her flight, uh, Sam sees her and is uh, immediately lovestruck. He is mm-hmm. having his love at first sight moment here. Right. There's definitely really nice subtleties about this movie that I love. Just with either a look, like you were mentioning Jonah's face, facial reaction to when Victoria got on the plane and... And just little things that would actually happen, which I think just makes the movie more believable and, and for me, just more enjoyable. Yeah, like, um, I don't know, like some of the dialogue or uh, some of the jokes in here could kind of seemingly feel... I don't know, very cinematic uh, in a sense sure. where like people would be like, no, that wouldn't happen in real life. But I think, you know, just kind of like what you said, it, it I feel like a lot of this feels organic because it it doesn't play like a comedy straight through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, bits here and there. And uh, some of the scenes that are funny, stuff happened in real life where it's just so crazy. You just got to laugh. You know, that's that's right. life. <laughs> like, did you see Get Out? I did. Yeah, like the the character of Rod, but uh, his character, like some people are like, oh, he's the comedic relief. I go, yes, but there are people exactly like him. Like they oh, don't, totally. they are not, yeah, they're not intentionally trying to be funny. That's just their character. That's just their personality. Right. It comes off right. f- funny on screen. But so that's what I, I do like about this. Um, so what do you think about her time in Seattle, though? I think it's it's just kind of a funny little bit there of the movie. I mean, she goes looking for him and it it doesn't really work out the way she thinks it will um and that's kind of a little i'd I'd say that's like somewhat of a twist in the movie because you think that's finally where they're gonna gonna meet and i mean realistically i think they have two minutes of screen time together in this whole thing so (laughs) it it keeps you guessing (laughs) 
That and that's something that you know that doesn't happen often. You got your two leads that barely share any screen time.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but do you, do you know about the two instances where they kind of both get separated? Like, does anything stand out to you? Like,、uh, first off, the airport where Sam goes after her and they get separated, and then later on in the road, like, did anything、sure. kind of stick out to you at all? Like, the reason I'm bringing this up because again, like I. I never like look into anything symbolic or whatever, but it just stuck out to me. In the airport,、uh, Sam and Annie get separated as he was, you know, trying to go after her. The,、mm-hmm. Like like a group of men like dressed in red, you know, they just happen to like cut him off, and then he loses her. And then later on, when they see each other across the road. And they both like try to walk up to. And she's like in the middle of the road, and she's about to get hit by a semi that is red. So、mm-hmm. I was like, "Is this like Six Sense, where like red meant something? Like anytime you saw red on Six Sense, it was always like something." So I don't know. Right.、Um, yeah. This this movie is like、uh, a lot deeper than 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 I had thought. You know, because again, going in watching this movie, I thought it was going to be like a a very formulaic comedy romance, and it was nothing nothing like like that at all.、Mm-hmm. Um. So let's talk about this um this fight between Jonah and Sam, kind of towards the end of the movie.、Uh, it's a little heartbreaking because Jonah tells his dad that he hates him,、mm-hmm. and、uh, as f- well, not to my face anyway. My son has never told me, but I can't even imagine, you know. But I've had my moments where yeah, my son is almost seventeen, and him and I we've we've had our arguments, but he's never talked back, and um. So this this was actually、uh, kind of hard for me, and this is something that you usually wouldn't see in a rom com, you know, a a parent and a kid fighting like this, you know.、Um, right.、Uh, Jonah throws it in his face, like mom would never yell at me, she would never call me this and this and that, and it's heartbreaking. Hmm. I mean, I can't speak to it as a parent because I don't have kids, but I've definitely been there as Jonah. I mean, yeah. I've definitely said things that I should not say to my parents, like in the heat of the moment, and you know, again, just another organic fight, and it feels、yeah. like it's a fight that could happen and will happen, and you know, in the end, it makes them all that much more strong together because they realize really, throughout all of this, even if he meets somebody, they really only have each other.、Um, So yeah, it does hurt. It stings a lot when you see him say that, but you know deep down he doesn't really mean it. Right. You know, it's just kids are very emotional. Jonah's only eight. You know, so it's just、mm-hmm. you know he's just letting words fly out of his mouth.、Um, so Jessica,、uh, we haven't talked very much about her.、Um, we haven't. I I love the introduction of Jessica. The word they're both sitting in that. That、mm-hmm. little seat, and they both like rotate it together with their feet. Yeah, <laughs> so something kids would do. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, HG. <laughs> yeah, does she invent this whole abbreviation talk? Like, hey, TTYL, BRB, like, yep, you know. Yep. So this this is this Jessica started all that. <laughs> I, I guess her dad is actually privy to that talk too. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, Gabby Hoffman is so. <laughs> Is so good in this.、Um, I love, and then again, she does it when she they can't find Jonah, and and she's talking to her dad, and he's like, "Tell me where he is," and she's like, "N Y," and he's、right. like, "What is that?" 
she's like no way you know just um, has her own little language uh jessica reminds me of the girl i forget what which commercial but um you know where it's like a mother and daughter talking and the little girl she's like i don't know my bff jill you know oh my gosh yeah you know what i'm talking about like (laughs) that's kind of who she reminded me of but gabby hoffman i think the first time i saw her was in the movie now and then which also had rosie o'donnell O'Donnell. yeah so there you go (laughs) it all is all connected it must have been uh, owned by marvel yeah so that's that's a Walter joke uh, for those <laughs> that were wondering. Um, so Sam, after this fight, he goes to New York to meet his new mom. Is what he tells the the cabbie. Um, this this was uh, interesting because this uh, was in 1993, I think the year before. Uh, Kevin McAllister goes to New York and um, you know gets separated by his family. So right. two movies about kids going to New York and uh, kind of going by themselves. So. What do you think about the um, the scene where Annie finally tells Walter everything? It's it's funny because obviously he's he's sad about it, but you can almost sense from him that he kind of felt it coming, in a way. Um, and you know, it's so hard to to let go of somebody like that because he he's such a nice guy. I mean, there's no. There's no fight, really. There's no out, you know, lashing out um, in that moment. It's just complete honesty and acceptance. So I think it's a great scene. It really is. And you mentioned it. He's There's nothing wrong with him aside from the allergies, which, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. People have their allergies. You can't shun them. Right. But but you're right. <laughs> he he kind of had an inkling, right? Because... That one scene in front, I don't know where they were, but they were standing in front of some globe in the background. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, we've I've been feeling uh, really distant from you. And it seems like you've rediscovered something. I kind of forget the, the whole line. But he's mm-hmm. known, you know, he knows that there's uh, something that's been wrong. But according to Annie, she doesn't like how... They know each other so well, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel that's what you want in a... I mean, I don't know. Do, do you... I, I'm sure there are people out there who want a little sure. spontan... Spontaneity? Yeah, that sounds like the word. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's... Look, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of that. But what's wrong with mm-hmm. Walter who knows you inside and out? Like that scene when they're in the bed together and everything they're doing is just like clockwork. Right. This is just like routine for them. Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that at all. Not at all. I think it's more of like a she just wants, I don't know, to break up the monotony a little bit. And it's okay to have routines, but, you know, to have somebody who's content with doing that over and over and over and you're not. You know, that can grow old. And she's such a happy-go-lucky kind of crazy person, Very clearly, from, from her actions, that yeah. that it makes sense in the end that they're not right together. Yeah, like um, well, when they're looking at China, they both say 10, you know. Uh, right. And then the ring, he happens to get her. Well, it's mm-hmm. her, his mother's. But was that a joke? Because Phil Pullman plays it so dry, it's hard to tell when something's a joke or not. Because yeah. it was wrapped up. I mean, I know he says that it was fatter and he got its size, but I don't know. Hard to say if that was played for, uh, if if uh, Walter was actually joking. But what, what's wrong that he got you the exact ring that you wanted? Uh, you know, 
I don't know who, what who's being shaded here, but the, the first ring I got my wife, she's like, well, you know, let's let's get one that I would love. Like this is very mm-hmm. nice. And I'm like, all yeah. right, <laughs> you know. So I had that. Um, I don't know. I I did like it, but you know, I think I, I think the majority of the audience will agree that uh, he was too. I don't know, accepting uh, of this, but I get mm-hmm. that Walter's character should understand. Um, but I feel that because he's really done nothing wrong, uh, they try to paint him as this guy that, like, I don't know, not that nobody wants. Because he's, she says that, does she say that? That that somebody? No, I don't know. Maybe in my head canon, I felt like she was trying to like, oh, you'll be fine with somebody else. But mm-hmm. but but anyway, they bring up his name Walter. It's like old fashioned, and um, right. His jokes are bad. He's allergic to everything. These are nothing <laughs> to. I mean, these are not bad things about people. Right, right. They're definitely not deal breakers, seemingly. But right. I guess when you combine them all together, I guess it doesn't work for her. I mean, it, look, if, if she is not in love with him, she's not in love with them. But you, know, you, you still feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. So um, during this scene, Annie sees like the uh, there's a heart lit up on the side of the Empire uh, State Building. And she thinks it's a sign. So she goes over there. Um, but first, Sam gets there and runs into Jonah. Great monologue. Uh, great dialogue. Um just this scene between uh, Sam and Jonah. Uh, I don't want to make this sound uh, or bring this uh, uh, this episode down, but I have mentioned this uh, story before. But my oldest son, his mom abducted him when he was seven, and so I had a few months where I didn't know where he was, but I knew at least oh that gosh. he was with his mother. So I had my reunion with him very much like this scene. So the two times I watched this, I cried. I couldn't help but, but ball. Like, I was happy for them, but I was, like, reliving that that very moment oh, wow. in my life as well. So so it, it, it really, um, you know, it really touched me. So just the thought of it right now is kind of getting me a little warmed eye. But I love that scene. I love that dialogue. Um, Sam, everything he's, he's saying to Jonah just, just made me want to cry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very good scene. Annie shows up. Well, I guess they leave first yeah. and when they come back for the backpack, they, they see Annie. And so that was really nice to see as well. Finally, finally, uh, they get to meet at the very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is like thinking back now, like during the airport scene where mm-hmm. Sam and Jonah were like just right behind Annie and they were talking about mm-hmm. Annie, like she didn't hear them, but that's right. Fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I really I really like the the ending of the movie too. Um because I mean so many you have so many tropes in rom-coms but a lot of the time it's it's that classic tale of oh they're in love now and everything is is going to be great for them and it's all going to work out. And in the ending of this it's just kind of like Tom Hanks puts out his hand and and Meg Ryan or Annie rather takes it and it's just so subtle and it's like a new beginning you know both of them have a new beginning now and it it doesn't necessarily mean this is certainly love or you know they're they've fallen for each other but it just means they've accepted that this is something that might lead to something good and so 
that that's one of the one of probably my favorite rom-com endings yeah it's really good um i think it would have lost me if they kissed so i'm glad they Mm -hmm. didn't you know Mm -hmm. holding the hands was fine um just a little bit more uh, about Annie because, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, "She's she's crazy, she's nuts." Like, what is she even doing? <laughs> and then the second time around, I kind of took notice that, like, she didn't like right away start chasing after him. There were so many signs, right? Like, they keep bringing up signs and magic and all of this throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I wrote down quite a bit of them. Um, you know, kind of starting with. We get the scene where Annie and her mother are talking about how her mother and her father met. The mother mentions, like, oh, I must have told you this a million times. But it sounds like Annie heard it for the first time at that moment. And she's like, oh, magic. So, and she was saying that, oh, he wasn't even supposed to work that night, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, the the, the very next day, I feel, like, her and Walter were leaving. And then she forgets, mm-hmm. like, Walter's stepmother's gift or something. And so mm-hmm, they end mm-hmm. up writing separately. So if not for that, they probably would have rode together. Would they have been listening to the radio show at that point? Maybe not. Mm. You know, so that was one. Uh, The diner. She stops by the diner. The two women that were working, the waitresses, happened to be listening to the radio show. Right. Um, She has one night where she's just tossing and turning, goes down, turns on the radio. And, oh, it so happens they seem to be playing the best of of that radio show and what do you know <laughs> Sam's uh you know clip is being played as well uh we didn't even talk about the peeling the apple scene so that was kind of cool that I mean that just obviously Sam's gonna eventually find out that she can do that too but the one thing that I kind of feel bad for for uh for Annie is that I feel like a lot of, aside from her being very just just gorgeous but I feel like some of the things that Sam may like about her is just like a reminder of his wife. So that I don't feel that's kind of fair to mm-hmm. her. But um, yeah, just a lot of different signs. So a lot of things just kept on telling Annie like, hey, you should try pursuing this. So so it ended up working for me after all. Like I, I had like a few minor things here and there. But um, no, I think the second viewing definitely solidified. Like, yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you think so. And it's <laughs> it's really cool to hear that that you kind of have these personal connections, especially that you have a son and, and you have all of kind of these relationship dynamics that are the same as Sam and Jonah. That's that's a really cool way to watch that. So yeah, um, I don't have that, but I think it's great. No, <laughs> you know, the, the, hey, that's what I do here. You know, that's a professional podcasting there. No, um, <laughs> no, it was really interesting. Um, I've had this, I kind of you know kind of have this on like a movie list you know that will eventually review kind of thing Mm -hmm. but this was just perfect you said pacific northwest movies and i could name quite a bit you know and this just happened to pop up because you know you Mm -hmm. and i we've been talking about seahawks you know and all of that so i was like hey seattle so uh so it just made sense why why i did that yeah i think it's a great choice yeah, uh, so it, it ended up working out. I ended up lo- loving this movie. It's it's uh, I I would I would buy this movie and definitely watch it. Um, throw it into my rotation. I don't have right like on. a list of rom com movies, but I would be curious to see where it would rank. But definitely high up there um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of rom coms that I do love, but there's things that I have issues with. Like this one, I had some issues initially, but then the second watch, I was like, no, no, it's fine. I buy I buy everything. <laughs> So a couple of the ratings online, 
IMDb has it rated 6.8 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 72%. It's not that far off, really. I mean, we're talking about 0.4 or 4%, you know,、mm-hmm. however you look at it. But what do you think about those scores? I mean, it's hard. I'm so biased because I. It's, it's like one of my childhood favorites, and it's set in my hometown. So, I mean, all, all those elements aside, I think, it's, I think it should be a little higher. I mean, in the grand scheme of, of films, I mean, it's no classic film or anything. But in, in terms of rom com and romantic movies and even comedies in general, I think it would be decent. I mean, Seven, I guess seven's a fair, seven out of ten is a fairish score. How dare you? I go higher. <laughs> you know,、oh, good. So here's, here's the thing. I, I was being modest. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm also very generous when it comes to my ratings. But,、um, you know, I was going to ask you if, if, well, do you think this movie still holds up? Oh, absolutely. See, and so do I. I have no nostalgic ties to this movie. This is the first time I'm seeing it. And for me、mm-hmm. to enjoy it this much, and you know, m- maybe it、right. is my connection to the movie and, and the characters. It could be that too. But、mm-hmm. this movie is hilarious, you know, and it doesn't try to be like a straightforward comedy. Right. It's well written.、Uh, the dialogue's great. The jokes are great. The characters are all great together.、Uh, I, I'm still thinking about the Teramisu line, you know, with Tom Hanks. <laughs>、uh, that's, it's, it's really, really funny.、Um, With me giving it, the, so I would say like a, I don't know, 7.8, 7.9. I would say not quite eight, but it is very, very good. Like, I,、mm-hmm. I, I can say I love this movie for sure. Yeah.、Um, so, does, do you, you want to give it another rating or are you still good with like a seven? Yeah. I mean, if I'm not being modest and I'm putting all my actual feelings into it, then I would probably say. It's up, there. it's up there for me. I mean, it's like a nine, like 9.5.、Okay. I freaking、yeah. love、Own、this、it. movie. Yeah, there you go. Let's go with the nine. That's great. You know, maybe a few more viewings. I, I feel like if I get to the,、uh, the point where I can start reciting some of the lines as I'm watching it, I'm、mm-hmm, sure it'll, it'll、mm-hmm. raise up、uh, there as well. Right. So if you're down for it, we got some listener feedback. Oh, great. All right. So let's get into that. I've got something for you. Our very first、uh, bit of feedback comes from friend of the show, previous guest, and also network mate Liz,、uh, who covers a lot of different shows on TV in my brain.、Uh, she says, This is one of the first real romantic comedies I can remember seeing. It's such a classic and is really well done. If I had to critique it at all,、uh, it would be to say that there's wasted opportunity here for them to have been on screen a little more. They have such amazing chemistry, and it's not shown as,、uh, as well here. The whole cast、mm-hmm. as well, th- though, even the smallest of roles. The kids are great. The adult supporting roles has friends, her,、uh, his friends, her friends, and family. That all being said, this comes in second for me for favorite Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies. The best is You've Got Mail because they are acting together. It's the best.、Mm. Good point. And, and this is their, I think, I think they've been in 
three movies because there were those two and then Joe versus the volcano. Yep. So they obviously have great chemistry. So they're Liz is right on. I mean, it's been proven that they have great chemistry. I think I think Joe versus the volcano came out prior to this. I think you're right. But I, don't I feel know. like late eighties, eighty nine or something perhaps. Um but no, you know, we talked about it but we didn't outright say it, but the supporting cast is great. Everyone mm-hmm. is great. So good. You know, like I said, Mrs. Hanks, you know, uh, Rita Wilson there. She she was great in the little bit that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's co-workers. They're, um, everybody is great in this movie. Uh, Chris Revel, the host of um, uh, Let's Chat with Revel and Friends. Again, friend of the show, previous guest, etc. Uh, he says this is the gold standards for rom-coms. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm glad someone else said it because I totally agree. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, thank you, Chris, for that. Uh, Hyro, who is uh, all of the above, also the host of the True Bromance Film Podcast, uh, he says, Some stranger stalks me by using her connections at work, shows up uninvited to my day out with friends and family, coerces my child to fly across the country to meet her on the Empire State Building. I'm calling the police. <laughs> that sounds like Hyrule, though. So You're not wrong. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but like I said, I mean, like, if you were a Tinder type of person and this was some sort of chance to go hang out in a different city and meet somebody, I mean, that wouldn't be that far-fetched. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, man, Jonah was really in love with Annie, you know, like... She's going to be my next mom, even though my dad and yep. I just fought about it. <laughs> like, he's pretty persistent, this kid. Yeah. Um, Daniel, who is a host of Get Real uh, Get Real Movies. I always mess this up. I don't know if it's movie or films, but uh, also previous guest. So, um, he says, you've got me always better. Wink. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for leaving that feedback, Daniel. Uh, do better. Thank you. <laughs> just kidding. Love you. Uh, my co-host from We Got Five, Devin. So I feel like he's lying. He says, I love this movie. Oh. Devin hasn't seen anything. <laughs> That's why I think he's lying. So uh, thank you, Devin, anyway, for the feedback. Much appreciated, bruh. And our last bit of feedback comes from friend of the show, Sarah. She says, this is my favorite movie of all time. Ah, look at that. That's awesome. Uh, she she continues, so many quotable quotes with incredible delivery and a sweet love story. Lines my mom and I quote to each other often. Before the hoe. We didn't Heck even talk yeah. about that whole line. <laughs> Where is Jonah learning this? Is he, is he learning it from the porn? Like somebody calling somebody a hoe? <laughs> um, that was interesting. Uh, Mother, turn on the radio. That's my architect. Um, that was by the boss, right? Um, Sam's yeah. boss. That yeah. was a good one. Uh, every time someone orders tiramisu, she says, uh, some woman is going to want me to do it to her, and I'm not going to know what it, what it is. <laughs> so I See, so I brought it up like two other times, too, so that was a great line. Uh, Hello, Dylan. Take a look at these swatches. Uh, that was, what, what's, a, what's a swatch? A swatch? It's like a... Uh... I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a trendy watch. Okay. Because um, I was like, it's, is it was it a, a total brand? 90s thing. They were like super popular. It wasn't like digital or anything, was it? Or No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, all right. Um, because I'm young and pure and in touch with the cosmic forces. <laughs> what, when was that one? 
I don't even know. Was that, that Becky? I, I feel like Becky, maybe, or something. Because I'm it young. It sounds and pure. like something um, one of the kids would say, but I don't know. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Wait. Wasn't it like Jessica or Jonah? Like, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Hmm. Okay. And then the last quote is, "I'm not even going to think about what they're teaching you in school." Yeah. See, kind of the whole deal about the not knowing states and stuff. But I do like the fact that um, Joan, no, not Jonah, but Sam knows that Tulsa. He, Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. So he knows Tulsa's in Oklahoma, and Walter knows that Duluth is in, I already forgot, Delaware or? One of those. <laughs> See, I, I forgot already. Somewhere um, in the middle. Why did they bring up Duluth? Probably for this very reason. You know, like, what's Duluth? Like, <laughs> did you ever see a Wayne's World? Oh, yeah. You know the scene where Garth is like uh, going over, the, like the different states on the like the Northeast, and he's like Delaware. <laughs> no, no, was yep. that Wayne? I think it was Wayne. Oh, uh, I think was yeah, it? I think it was Wayne. He's like Delaware. Hi, I'm Delaware. You know, it was the two of them. It was the two of them up there. Garth was dancing along as Wayne was mm. talking. That's what it was. It's like he didn't know what to say about Delaware. So Duluth. Um, I apologize to any of our Duluth listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you, everybody, for leaving the feedback. Uh, much appreciated uh, for that. So, uh, But Hannah, I want to thank you so much for coming onto this show. I felt like I kind of stole the mic here. Uh, you loving this movie so much. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is everything. This is brand new to me. So <laughs> I, I feel like a kid who just got a brand new pair of shoes. No, like, it was great. I felt like I, I felt like I got to watch the movie again. It was fantastic. Now I want to go watch it. Yeah, hey, you know, if if it wasn't so late, I, I'd probably watch it again myself. Um, <laughs> it's it's just a lot of great lines, a lot of great lines. It really is. So just like Sarah said, completely agree with that. Um, but Hannah, uh, again, where can listeners, you know, uh, find your show uh, and how or where can they uh, interact with you on social medias? Yeah, um, so we are big on the Twitter. Uh, you Indeed. can follow us at <laughs> Film Roast Show. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Film Roast. And we typically stream on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can probably find us other places where we're hiding. Um, but iTunes is probably the easiest. And uh, what what is an episode, you, you know, whether it's coming up or something recently you put out that uh, if it's the first time they're checking you out that they should start with? Definitely. Um, oh, man. Really depends on your preference. Uh, but we just did one actually tonight, uh, recorded one tonight about our favorite musicals. So that is coming up. Um, oh, man. And I think we're going to do our favorite films here in a couple weeks about our, our favorite films from 1991, which was the year Julia and I were born. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Dude, I should get you guys on a Movie Wars episode. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, 91 would be very interesting. Yeah. So I can't wait. Um, so for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podstalgic. I'm also pretty active on Instagram or not Instagram, but uh, Twitter. Um, you know, we got a group page, uh, the Court and Parts podcast. You know, if you want to join that, interact with me or any of the other hosts from uh, the other shows, you can also leave feedback, you know, for We Got Five, for Podstalgic, you know, um, it'll be read on the show for sure. Uh, but visit courtandparts.com, you know, to check out contents from the other shows, including Podstalgic and We Got Five. So, uh, Hannah, thank you again so much for agreeing to do this movie, first off, and uh, coming on to the show. 
Yeah, of course. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I will we'll definitely have to get you back again. But yeah, that, that'll do it. Uh, if you guys got a couple of minutes, please uh, consider leaving an iTunes review uh, for the show. That really help out the visibility. If you got an extra two minutes, check out Film Roast and leave them a review as well. Um, so, uh, you know, help out independent podcasters. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say. So thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I remember the days of just keeping time, of hanging around in sleepy towns forever. Back roads empty for miles. Well, you can't have a dream and cut it to fit. But when I saw you, I knew we'd go together like a wink. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.